can change lives, heal broken hearts, make us love better on Valentine's. Here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. There we go. Give a high five, fist pound your neighbor. Miranda will be going to TU. She signed a scholarship there. Her life just went away with the stroke of a pen. <laughs> and Paige is going to go down to Edmond or Oklahoma City. So they could both come back on the weekends and work with our little guys. So that's just no excuse. So we'll keep them in the rotation. Amen? That's awesome. That is awesome. Did you have a good good weekend, good week, all of you? Amen. Awesome. It's good to have a good week, isn't it? It is. I want us to be honest and open this morning. Uh, several of my preacher friends, uh, when they saw what I was preaching this month, said, have you lost your mind? I said, probably by the end of the month I will have concurred that I've probably lost my mind. But uh, uh, to help you, I'm having Cindy read over everything I'm trying to say to you. So that'll help. Because uh, with the stroke of a pen, it can be gone. <clears throat> so, uh, just hang in there. I think it's important that we share these things in church. Very important. And today I want us to be honest and open. And uh, my wife gets scared when I say those two things together. But uh, how many of you growing up, uh, men anyway, how many of you growing up uh, used to uh, grab a National Geographic and uh, just to uh, take a look at some pictures that maybe you find there? I told you to be open. And if that didn't work, maybe a Sears catalog, JCPenney catalog. There you go. Today, today I'm going to talk about pornography. But I think it's important that we define it. And it'll help us with our understanding. Pornography is material intended to cause sexual excitement. That's the dictionary definition. Material intended to cause sexual excitement. So when you think of that definition, Doritos, a year or so ago in the Super Bowl, had the beautiful woman walking around eating Doritos. Carl's Jr. has found a beautiful girl to sit on the footsteps and drip sauce between her feet. Some of you know what commercial I'm talking about. To understand that the definition works. It does work. A German reporter once asked Billy Graham, Dr. Graham, what do you think about sex? And he responded, as long as God is in the middle of sex, it's one of the most beautiful things on earth. But whenever Satan enters into sex, it becomes one of the most darkest and dangerous things on earth. You could probably agree with that statement. Pornography is one of the devil's playgrounds. It's perverting something God had created to be pure, lovely, and righteous. And He's made it a dangerous and destructive thing in so many lives of so many people. I want to start our thought process with a story. Now, don't panic. Let's <laughs> start with a story. You know the story of the frog... In the kettle. Many of you familiar with that story. If you take a frog and you put him in a kettle that has natural, normal water t 
temperature and then just turn the fire up just a little bit and let it start to warm up, he will stay in that water because he becomes comfortable in that water. Now, if you have the water boiling and you pitch him in there, But I want us you to focus a little bit on the fact that he stays in that water because it becomes comfortable. And you turn the heat up, it gets warmer. You turn the heat up, and it'll be boiling pretty soon he's dead. Because he's gotten comfortable with where he found himself. Pornography's like that. People will unknowing, unknowingly get hooked. They open a little window, and it seems to be like some fun, and, and it seems okay, and it seems harmless. There's some excitement, some stimulation, and before long there's a separation from God and we begin to die little by little spiritually and emotionally. God's Word explains it much better than I can. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, look what it says. They, that is the Gentiles, and by the way, who are the Gentiles? We are. If you're not a Jew, then you're a Gentile. So that's us. It says, now look what it says about us. That we are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Does that describe us? Does that describe our culture? Spend about 20 minutes at Jinx High School. And I'll tell you it describes our culture. Spend 20 minutes down on 11th Street. That describes our culture. They are darkened in their understanding. Listen to these words. Separated from the life of God. Hardening of their hearts, losing all sensitivity, giving themselves over to sensuality and wanting a little bit more. The frog in the kettle, the water's boiling, and people today, they want a little bit more. What is acceptable today, even to the follower of Christ, just 20 years ago, would have been totally unacceptable. But people today are rolling over and they're saying, well, it's just the way it is. I mean, after all, girls have to dress the way they dress. Because that's all they can buy. And here's my favorite. Boys will be boys. Well, if the Bible is what it's supposed to be, that boy needs to be more than a boy. He needs to learn to be a man and a spiritual leader. I like the boy that came to ask the dad who was an elder at a church if he could marry his daughter. And the dad looked at him. He says, have you read the Bible, son, from cover to cover? He said, well, no, sir, I haven't. He said, then I can't entrust my daughter to a man who's ignorant of the spiritual things of God. He said, when you get through reading it, then you come back and we'll talk again. Well, that boy didn't know what to do except to go what? Read the Bible. So he read the Bible and he came back and he told him, he said, I've read it from cover to cover. So he quizzed him and was convinced that he had read it well enough. And so allowed his daughter then to marry this young man. But boy, that sent a message, didn't it? 
boys will be boys. And why is it if the girl has sex before marriage, ooh, ooh, but the boy has sex before marriage and they put your arm around him and go, why is that? Hmm. Hmm. And the biggest issue is that the church has fallen asleep. And it's silent, silent on the issue. And it, it's literally an issue that's literally ripping the hearts of people all over the world. And today, we want to be silent no more. We hit this issue head on and we begin with one of the problems. And it's the internet. Now, I am not a guy that is anti-internet. Well, some people are. I use the internet every day. I love it because I can study. There are so many study tools and aids on the internet that are free. I spent hundreds of dollars in Bible college only to find all this stuff on the internet free now. I told my son, drop out of Bible college. I'm not paying for it anymore. You can get on the internet. Come on, son. No, I didn't tell you that. But it's awesome. The communication opportunities are awesome on the internet. But it's also a place that can get you in trouble. You've got to be aware of the destructive stuff that's available to people today. Don't let your kids have their internet connection in their own room in privacy. Don't do it. Put it in the middle of the living room. Yeah. Wives, don't let your husband have that in there. He don't need that in there. So I tell you all the time, ask your kids' parents to let you look at their Facebook. Now, you may see stuff on there that doesn't bother you at all. But if they don't want you to see it, there's probably a reason. There's probably a reason. These stats blew me away. I'll look at some stats. There are millions and millions of websites of every possible conceivable uh, description. There's church websites. We're working on updating and upgrading ours. There's church websites. There are, I mean, there's a website for anything. If you, like football, there's football websites. Can you, can you imagine? There's football websites. I couldn't imagine. Soccer websites. You can have your own website. Did you know that? GoDaddy.com. I think it's $9 a month. They're going to put one to throw it up there. Wow. You can have it. Have your own domain name. I am goofy.com. Here you go. You can have it. But when you think of the millions and millions and millions, literally, of websites out there, what percentage do you think are pornographic. Just throw me out a number. I'm going to see. If it, 90? 50? 60% are pornographic. Is that not amazing to you? Promise Keepers. Any of you remember Promise Keepers several years ago? I mean, boy, it, was, it, it swept the country, didn't it? Men from every walk of life were going to these huge stadiums and venues to hear the Word of God, to sing, and to hear the Word of God preached. I mean, not by one preacher. It was an all-day thing. Boom after boom after boom. You're going to get four or five of these uh, bell ringers getting up there, boom, 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 knocking the fire out of you and all that stuff. 
They did a survey among the promise keeper folks. Now, these would be the front line spiritual guys. Amen? How many, what percentage of those men struggle with pornography? 65% of those men struggle with pornography. During business hours, 70% of the porn is downloaded during business hours. And you wonder why your boss won't let you get on the internet and goof around. Well, it's not me doing it. I know, but it's those other eight people in your cubicle. I got you. This is the one that blows me away. The average age of a boy's first exposure to pornographic material. Five years old. Used to be eight, nine, ten, five years old. Well, five years old, they can't even work the internet. Really? Been around a five year old lately. But they don't have to be around, they don't have to do it, they just have to be watching. Boy, just TVs, the commercials on TV. Victoria's Secrets. Any of you seen <laughs> all the men? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, they have a special now that you're supposed to tune in and watch. Boy, every wife in America is going, oh, honey, can you at least get that T-vote in so we don't miss it? It's important. It's important, especially for men. Because when men see porn, it sets off a chemical reaction within their minds and they want to reach out and touch. They are stimulated mentally to that forbidden fruit area of their life. And along with that then comes guilt and shame. And they say, oh, I shouldn't have done this or I know it's wrong, but I keep feeling drawn back to it. Because men are visually driven. Women, you know that. The makers of all of the clothing for women know that. You don't see a 285-pound runway walker doing food. I mean, doing clothes, do you? I've never seen one yet. I've never seen a 285-pound woman doing that. I don't think so. You go through Sam's. It's, it's an older person. Or a younger person. You want to advertise a car. Well, I want you to put a middle-aged woman who's had three or four kids. I want you to put her in that dress standing by that new car going. Mm-hmm. Works good, doesn't it? Whoa, you guys are way ahead of me on this message today. Wow. Guys will say, well, I... I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do it one more time. That's all, that's all, that's all. I, this is the way I cope with my life. I mean, I'm single and it, it's, it's a way for me to, 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 to get some mental release. I, I'm a married man and things aren't really going good at the house and hey, it's the way that I hang in with this marriage. And so it goes. Being just a little bit wrong, people justify and then rationalize and then they accept and then they say, well, that's just the way I am. If I were to ask Trey or Austin who shared powerful testimonies in their own lives of, di of addiction 
they would, they would say the same thing. Ah, stop anytime I want. <laughs> hey, you stop anytime you want after you wake up in the hospital and didn't know what happened to you. Or you finally stop whenever friends finally intervene for you. Yeah. And, and, and you don't stop that, do you? You don't stop having those friends keep intervening for you. Because it's important to ask the questions, isn't it? It's important to have, be accountable, isn't it? And what we want to do today is acknowledge that this is a, a significant problem in many people's lives and perhaps in some of the lives in this room today. And we're going to the only place, I believe, where we can find the kind of help that really, really works, and that's the Word of God. You will find help in the Word of God. God's principles are life-changing, they're inspired, and they will touch our hearts. And we're going to look at four things, four principles that God will teach us to do from His Word. We'll start simple, then we'll progress. There's no sense in throwing heavy stuff, just start simple. Because when you want to make a change, you start simple. That's what you do. That's what you do. So where do we start? Let's start where Job started. First thing we need to do is to make a covenant with our eyes. In Job chapter 31 and verse 1, it says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. I used to think, why do these girls wear sweats and you know stuff that just hangs off of them? Now I'm grateful. <laughs> if I'd had a daughter, they would have never wore anything but that. Just gunny sacks. That's it. That's it. You know, uh, I'm not into Islam, but that robe thing, it's got some merit, you know what I'm saying? Cover them up. I've got an agreement. That verse says, I've got an agreement with God that I won't look at a girl for sexual stimulation outside my marriage. That verse says, I don't look at a woman lustfully. It's like the guy who's in the mall and he sees an attractive girl walks by and he watches her and sees her and he starts to go, hey, hey, hey. And he watches her go by and then all of a sudden he sees out of the corner of his eye his wife watching him and he snaps that head back around, tries to blow it off and his wife looks at him and says, honey, was it worth the trouble that you're in right now? <laughs> it's never worth the trouble that you're in. Many say, hey, what's the big deal, preacher? I'm just looking at the menu. I'm not going to order anything. It's just a little eye candy. I'm shopping. I'm not buying. Men, if you start shopping like that, you'll be like women. Who, when they go shopping, they look at everything and touch everything before they leave. Can I get an amen? It don't have to be Christmas. But you see, it only starts with a look. Then it moves to a touch. And in fact, that's what happened to King David in the Old Testament. A very, very godly man. God Himself described him as a man after my own heart. David looked and he saw a woman bathing Bathsheba. The interesting thing here is the Hebrew word for the word saw is the Hebrew word ra'ah. Can you say that? Ra'ah. Say it with me. Ra'ah. There you go. 
R-A-H, Ra. Oh, A-W-W-W, A, Ra, oh. Now the problem is, he didn't just Ra, oh. He Ra, ah, 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 ah. That's what he did. He looked and looked and looked and looked and looked some more. It's not a sin to see someone and think they're attractive, but it's a whole different ballgame when you ah. <laughs> Amen? Why is that dangerous? Jesus said it best in Matthew 5.28, But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed what? With her where? Emotions come out of here. You get it started here, and when it connects here, you're in trouble. That's why Valentine's Day, they sell so much stuff to men. Because they look at their wife and go, it's Valentine's Day. I need to get her something. And then this gets involved because you walk through and it's all red and it's pretty and it's... Sale. You, that must be a good deal. I gotta get it, gotta get it, gotta get it. Candy. If you wait till tomorrow, Monday, go into the store tomorrow, you can buy the same thing for a third of the price. They're gonna give the candy away. Hang on to it for a year, rewrap it, give it away. If she says it's a little tough, just say, suck on it harder, baby. It'll be alright. Just lather that thing up. That chocolate will start to melt sometime. He goes on in this passage. Jesus does and He says, if your right arm causes, causes you to sin, your right arm, He says, cut it off, throw it away. If your right eye causes you to sin, in verse 20, gouge it out. Throw it away. Was He being literal? Well, if that's the case, there's going to be a bunch of one-armed cyclops walking through this church next week. What He was saying was deal drastically with that which hurts the heart of God. And it hurts God's people. Do whatever it takes to get clean in this area because the sin starts in the eyes. There's a good book for guys. It's called Every Man's Battle. And in there, there's one concept that can be really helpful. And it's called Bounce Your Eyes. Bounce Your Eyes. So when you train your eyes to bounce, it, 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 it deflects, it distracts you to get away from sin. So when you're in a room, and, and if you happen to be in a room full of beautiful, attractive people, you may be flat, wore out, bouncing your eyes. I got you. I got you. But it would be better to bounce and be wore out than to lock in on sin. Because it only takes one girl to walk through that room. The right way. Ooh, ooh. But even for girls, you get that. You get. I mean, you don't see very many models on the runway like me. Oh, me and Chris Farley. Here we go. Yeah, we're Chippendales. Yep. Chip and Dale. Yeah, maybe. How do we get free? Make a covenant with our eyes. And then number two, we take sinful thoughts captive. Paul says it best, 2 Corinthians 10.5. He says we demolish 
What a great word. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it what? Obedient to Christ. My first experience with pornographic material was at the age of 11 or 12, 10, 11 or 12, uh, what my brothers would stuff under the mattresses in their bedroom. I'd wait till they were gone. Little kids sneaking there. Hello. And you lift up those mattresses. Ah! Still, still. Because once the image is there, it's like your hard drive on your computer. Once the image is there, hard to erase, isn't it? Hard to erase. So our minds lock in. And they, re- they regurgitate and they bring up those images and they can demolish. We've got to be able to demolish them and make them obedient to Christ. But how do we practically do that? Let me try a little bit of an experiment with you. I want everybody to close your eyes for a minute. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. And whatever you do while your eyes are closed, whatever you do, do not think of a pink elephant. Do not. Keep those eyes closed. Do not think pink, pink elephant. Don't do it. Don't think of pink Elephant, don't, 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 don't think of pink. Do not think of pink and do not think of elephants. Don't think of pink elephants. Now open your eyes and you might, you might begin to see one. Did any of you see a pink elephant with your eyes closed? But don't answer that. A green frog. She was bouncing. She did good. So, we can't say, no naked people. No naked people. No naked people. (laughs) We went through the screening process at the airport. Well, we might as well have been. It's getting bad, folks. You just didn't have to Spend a whole lot of time getting there early before the plane flight in Tulsa. You better go early. He said, do you have a metal plate in your right knee? I said, no. I got the pat down all right. I thought, okay. Put your thumbs on top of your head. I mean, I was like, what is this? (laughs) Take your belt off. I said, it'll be ugly. We've got to be able to replace our thoughts. Not to ever think a thought, but to replace it. And the best thing to replace it with is God's Word. Now God has given us great resources. There's there's great music. There's great CDs. There's Christian books. There's Christian programmings on television. There are friends that you can call. You can replace the thought. AA teaches you that when you are struggling, call your friend. When we're getting ready to sin, call your friend to help you not sin. Amen? Wouldn't it be awesome to develop a friendship with people that will help us stay feet pointing forward? Because whatever we starve dies. And whatever we feed grows. So if you struggle mentally with sinful thoughts, let me guarantee you that somewhere along the way, you have been feeding that with something ungodly. 
So here's what you do. Starve your mind of sinful input. Feed on God's truth. But how do we do that? Paul says in Philippians 4.8, great passage. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he say? Think on these things. Think on these things. We're going to replace ungodly thoughts with godly thoughts. I talked a lot to men today. Men are visually driven. Pornography is a natural addiction for men. They're looking, 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 looking. Ladies, it's a little bit more of a learned addiction. Ladies and statistics are showing that many women are becoming addicted because it's much more available. Typically, the man... In the man, it starts out visually, and typically in women, it starts out more relationally over the internet, chat rooms, coffee breaks, different things. This guy's so understanding, she would say. From that, from that talk, the, the, that talk then will shift and in, in get a little bit more inappropriate. Or it could be that she says, hey, here, I'm married to Mr. Dud, and I would love to be with Mr. Stud. After I remember our conversation, and whew, maybe maybe it takes a spiritual turn. Boy, I'm married to Mr. Dud, but boy, if I could just be married to a Mr. Stud, like he's at church, ah, he'll pray with me. Mr. Dud, he won't pray with Mr. Stud. I know he'll pray with me. I bet he'd hold the Bible in our hand while we pray. And you begin to work that relationally. He's so righteous. I don't have anything that's righteous in my house. And what fuels that? Well, television, internet, magazines. I just stop and pick up a women's magazine and look at the titles. Look at the, the stuff they're writing in there, the articles they're writing in there. 21 ways to cheat on your husband. <laughs> how to have more of this or how to enliven that. And then pick up some teenage magazines. We were at the airport, had some time to kill, and I was looking at magazines. Unbelievable what these kids are. They're encouraging them to read. Unbelievable. We're trying to tell them, no, 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 no. And the, and the world is saying, yes, 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 yes. Boy, we got a job, don't we? The water's boiling. God's standard hasn't changed. Ladies, as much as men, have to be careful what we take into our lives. Number one, make a covenant with your eyes. Number two, take every thought captive for Christ. And number three, very important, we must flee from all temptation. If you're an alcoholic, you do not get, to get together with a bunch of guys and you head down to the bar to get a drink. You just don't do it. If, you, if you're sexually struggling, you don't go to places where you'll, where you'll find sexual temptation. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, Flee from sexual immorality. So in other words, run, Forrest, run! Run, Forrest, run! Get a friend that when you're struggling in this area he'll, and you get them on the phone, that will say to you first thing, run, Forrest, run! And run! Flee from evil! Drop the phone and run! Amen? But what do we do? We run to find the oval. <laughs> and we come back, don't we? Hello? Run, Forrest! Okay! See, I don't do that on stage anymore because I fell off one time, so I'll do it now here. But run, get away. And that can be anything. You fill that blank in there. But if you're struggling sexually, don't go and hang out where it's going to be an issue. 
want to give you six things, starting again, starting points, but six things that will help you. Number one, destroy your secret stash. Destroy your secret stash. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You got that little stash, you, you put, put it away for a quick fix, destroy it today, today. Secondly, no traveling alone. Now, this can be tough, but it's, if you can and if at all possible, don't travel alone. Maybe you're a person that has to travel out of town a lot. And it's, it's tough because you get into the hotel. They've got movies for rent. They've got movies that you can just put on. and whoop, Nobody knows you. Hey, here we go. Cindy said, this has been a refreshing week for us. We're finally in a place that nobody knows me. I said, so that's freedom, huh? And she looked at me and said, no. And it's right. But it was refreshing. I didn't know anybody. In Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, I have a friend who lives there, but I didn't call him. We haven't talked in a long time. I probably should have called him. Shame on me. But wow. But I, I, I made friends with the waitresses at the restaurant. I don't, one of them, I remember her name. She's 66 years old. I figured I was safe. <laughs> Cheryl. She's a hoot. I had Cindy meet her the last day. She said, just talk your leg off. Send us to a place called Big Jim's Grocery Store. Can you believe a grocery store being a tourist attraction? Just outside of Cincinnati is this place called Big Jim's. It has international food. Unbelievable. If, you're, if you like Asian food, they have a whole section just for you. There are 1,400 different bottles of hot sauce. And I, I was reading all the labels. Whew, I felt warm when I left. Just reading the labels. Food, unbelievable amount of food. Six and a half acres. <laughs> grocery store. Unbelievable, eh? If you, if you can't find it at Big Jim's, you ain't supposed to eat it. That's the way I look at it. But never travel alone. Number three, monitor or disconnect the Internet. If you're having trouble with it, get rid of it. Number four, avoid questionable places. If you're tempted to buy magazines at gas stations that sell them, don't go to that gas station. Pretty simple, right? Well, but they have a better price on their gas. So what? So does the one down the street. They all follow what Quick Trip does anyway, so start buying it there. If you're looking for a place to have an accountability group, Hooters is probably not the best choice. Cindy's dad wanted a Hooters gift card for Christmas. That's just the way he's wired. He's really, he's really interesting guy. So we got him one. I offered to go get it thinking she would never make me go get it. I went to get the car. I had to, I had to come to church and pray for half an hour. It was, it was mess. But I did what the Bible says. If your right eye finished, I covered it. I covered that right eye. Praise God. But to listen to him talk about when he's going to sneak in to go to Hooters. He's got a couple of old guys at church. I'll go, Howard. I'll go with you. Here we go. Sir. Never mind. Number five. Cancel questionable catalogs and subscriptions. If it's not honoring God, get rid of it. Lastly, turn off the television. If that's a trip point for you, turn it off. You control that. And you can control it with the power of God in your life. Now here's the best verse. This is absolutely the key verse for the, everything I'm trying to teach you today. James chapter 4 and verse 7. Submit yourselves then to God. That's the first part of it. If you don't submit to God, the, rest, the second part's not going to work. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. It does not say you will beat him. It says resist him, which means there will be more battle coming up. Then what's going to happen? And he will flee from you. 
Satan, that is, will flee from you. When you have submitted to God. Are you with me? Submit to Him. Resist the devil. Resist the temptation. And He'll go. And we've got to come to a place when we are submitted and we can realize that we can't do this on our own. We may have the power we think in ourselves, but honestly, the power once we submit to God comes from the risen Christ who lives in us and gives us the strength. The Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is the same Spirit living in you. 1 John 4, 1 says, Greater is He that lives in you than he that's in the world. You can say no. You can. You can, you can. Never like salmon. Learning to love salmon. The other day, Cindy said, you want a hamburger? I said, yeah, I want one of them triple, triple burgers with cheese and onions and let it drip. That's what she bought me. It was a triple. Open that thing up. Weighed four pounds. I looked at that thing and I went, whoa, that's a Mark, that's a Mark Phillips burger. He eats them all the time. I ate a quarter of it. I'm honest. I only ate a quarter of it. I couldn't eat it. It's too much because I'm retraining this. I got to retrain this. Okay? Are you with me? We got to do it. We got to do it. You got to understand that the power is not in you. The power is in the Lord. And that you have the power of the risen Lord living in you. Call on Him. Avail yourself of His power. I need your strength. Jesus, set me free. Jesus, give me the strength to say no. Change my mind. Make me pure. Jesus, live in me with a sense of truth and purity. You try to fight Satan. You do it on your own. He'll rip you up every time. You fight him with the power of Christ. And he flees every time. Why is that? Because Satan has been running from Christ ever since he met him. And when Satan thought he had him beat, on the third day, he rose from the grave. <laughs> he rose from the grave. You may say, well, it's no big deal, preacher. Measure your standards against God's standard. I'll ask you this question, is the water boiling? And have you just gotten used to it? So what do I do now? Well, I say get help immediately. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4.10, if one falls down, his friend can help him up. As the worship team comes to help me close. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one, no one to help him up. If, you're, if you've been fighting this alone and you continue to go back to your sin again and again and again, you're not defeating it on your own. You need the help of God and somebody else. So what are you going to do? I'm going to challenge you to open up, to tell somebody today about your struggle. Another man of God, another woman of God, a spouse, if you can do that, open up to someone immediately and let the healing work of God begin to work in your life. If you're sitting there thinking about sexual, uh, that you are above sexual temptation, then you are saying that you are more godly than King David, you are wiser than Solomon, and you're stronger than Samson because all three of those guys went down. Let me close with this verse in 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. We quote 13 a lot, but you need 12. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. 
No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. The great news is this. There is no condemnation today for those who are in Christ Jesus. You may struggle with this in your life. You may struggle with other addictions in your life. Here's the great news. Jesus died for it all at Calvary. And He brought victory to you and to me. We just have to rely on Him. Lean on Him. And let Him free us. Whoever the Son has set free is free indeed. Oh, Father, this morning, this morning we need a mighty army to raise up and to rise up and to say no to sin. And yes, to the prompting of Your Spirit. Father, we need You to take our hand. We're going to sing that old hymn, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. And Father, we need You to take us. We need You to lead us. Father, we need You to live in us. To be alive in us. To, to let us know and reassure us of Your presence. So God, today, would You do a mighty work? Would You bring healing to those that need it today? Would You bring encouragement to those who are discouraged? Father, whatever addictive behavior is surfacing in the lives of Your people in this room today, Father, would they know that the victory is theirs through Jesus? Lord, we love You. There may be somebody here that doesn't even know You, never has for the very first time. It would be a great day for them to find that relationship. There might be somebody here that's struggling in that walk. Needs a partner, a mentor, somebody to encourage them. God, would they let that be known so we can team them up with somebody who will be a prayer encourager for them. God, whatever need is here, would they surrender that need to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing this song. Precious Lord, take my hand. Phyllis is going to lead us out on the keyboard. Let's lift it to God. Let's stand as we